As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You don't be the best, then you got to pay a little price. If you want it bad enough, you got to do the little extra things to get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodrigue, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how we doing? Wow, it was fast, Jordan. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> I've been waiting to prank you in that. Oh my! I, I feel like I like I got drawn into the neutral zone or something with a with a with a quick cadence. You went turbo on me, Jordan. I took the underneath route, Rich. Oh. I took the underneath route. You know, Jordan, I like to start these, especially after a loss, with something light. Uh, and and I loved one of the comments under your uh, column, the pile that was published last night. Everybody should go read that if they haven't already, because it's a wonderful breakdown of a pretty terrible game. But we'll get to that later. But Jason O, a wonderful comment under the pile, said, The only time there should be three straight hours of 11 personnel is Jordan and Rich's holiday extravaganza <laughs> episode. <laughs> that made me laugh. Jason, I hope you're listening. That that comment made me laugh more than any uh, in the three years that I've worked at The Athletic. So the yes. context there being that the Rams were 100% in 11 personnel on uh, in Sunday's pretty pretty dismal loss. I think that's fair to say, right, Jordan? Yeah, um, not a great loss. I think, you know, I know everyone in the NFL says there are no moral victories. I do think that some of the losses certain teams do take can at least not sting quite so much this one probably stings quite a bit um obviously if you guys uh did not watch it you probably did something more valuable with your sunday night but uh at the same time if you did watch it and we hope you did so you can understand what we're talking about on this podcast um matthew stafford turned the ball over twice one was just an atrocious uh trying to avoid a, a potential safety turned interception turned into points by Tennessee um, all too easily, just about a play later. And then a pick six a little bit later, kind of put them in a deficit early. Tennessee's a ball control team, as you know, Rich. So this is, this is exactly, you know, this, the Rams sort of just fell into their laps yeah. in that way, losing all assertion. Um, you could see the lack of assertion in a lot of their play calling, which we will get to later. Um, that, 11 personnel note I think is really important. Sean McVay said today, among many other comments, this is Monday early evening that we're recording, happy daylight savings time. 
everybody, she said sarcastically, um, because it's getting dark at 4.30. Um, the Arizona she, native really doesn't I know. like daylight. Who needs it? Yeah. Who needs it? Um, so Sean McVay said today that mixing up personnel groupings is obviously something they want to do in the future. Uh, my sense was he let the game get away from him in terms of trying to figure out what tempo he wanted to go, not really wanting to sub, trying to figure out uh, they were just basically scrambling to get back into it. And at times, even when they felt that they were kind of back into it, he would do things such as um, go for a field goal after an overturned penalty or an overturned touchdown penalty and loss of down oh, no. instead of try to pull a sort of assertive, uh, well, this is what we think of that sort of situational um, in a go situation on, on a fourth and four at the goal line. Um, things like that. They just didn't feel quite into it. But to your point, he has said that he wants to continue to mix up some of that personnel. Rams, I made a point in my column, very thin um, in terms of being able to do that. Daryl Henderson left the game with an ankle injury, came back in, still will be dealing with some sort of an ankle issue. Um, those things are, are finicky, um, but he's, you know, quote unquote, fine, as as Sean McVay said. Matthew Stafford rolled up on his ankle, was still in the game late for some sort of garbage time touchdown points and stats and all of that. Um, and Jacob Harris, unfortunately, is the big one here when we talk about, again, mixing up personnel and things like that and different types of layers and, and whatnot. Jacob Harris uh, heard his MCL and ACL not quite sure if it's a full tear. I know I got some questions on that. I do know it's enough to where he will need surgery um, at some point. They're going to have to rehabilitate the knee a little bit to where the swelling goes down so they can get in there, and that will be season-ending. So really unfortunate. The Rams have had some unlucky, I think a little maybe larger than usual share of unlucky, just yeah. freak injury incidents happened. And yeah. and those are going to be big ones. Um, Matthew Stafford's going to practice this week, according to Sean McVay. Von Miller will probably have a similar workload as he had last week. I know we'll get to that, but um, he's still getting back from that ankle injury he suffered a couple weeks ago. Um, so that's kind of where, that's kind of where they're at coming out of that Monday presser. Yeah. Um, difficult situations there. I mean, obviously it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, with with Von Miller, uh, Matthew Stafford hurt himself on that um, fourth and one pass play. That uh, well, well, I guess we'll get to that a little bit more later. But uh, the shot, the one that Sean McVay extrapolated when I asked him what he how he felt he needed to change or what he, what he needed to do differently specifically. Yeah. he pulled out that play in mm -hmm. particular. Um, yeah. Fourth and yeah. one. Yeah. one pass. Play. A stumble and pass. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. great. Um, yeah. Jordan, um, gosh, there, I mean, there's a lot to dissect here. I don't think we want to pick apart, you know, too too much about this game. But it, but I think there's, uh, you know, maybe we can look at it in terms of, of what it means um, big picture. And, and like generally, I, I think, you know, is, is there a reason to panic here? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, mean, I think you, you put it really well in, in your column and, uh, you know, I've seen other people comment on it too. Like you're not going to extrapolate a whole lot 
uh, from one game. But, you know, these are the kind of games like Tennessee's a, a playoff caliber team. It's the kind of team they're going to be seeing in the playoffs. Arizona is a playoff caliber team, a division title caliber team. And uh, it's it's a little bit, um, I don't want to use the word scary. I don't want to go that far. But uh, some of the Rams' shortcomings in these games, uh, I, I understand that they need to be put in context of, of a lot of good things that have happened during the course of the season. But when you get to January, you're not going to be playing Detroit and the Giants and the Texans. Uh, these are the kind of teams that, that you're going to be playing. And the execution has to be there. And, and Jordan, independent of anything else that that um, we might talk about. I, I wanted to get your thoughts about the offensive line because there, there's a lot here to swallow, okay? Um, the Rams, let's just look at the raw numbers, right? The Rams gave up five sacks uh, on Sunday night. If uh, if I'm looking at this correct, and please correct me if I'm wrong, they had only given up eight the entire season coming into the game. They gave up five in this game. Um, I saw... Andrew Whitworth's comments after the game that are included in your column, the pile, which people can read on the athletic app and website right now. I thought Andrew's comments, um, I agreed with part of them. (laughs) Um, Somebody had asked him, I I don't know who it was. It doesn't, doesn't matter, but somebody had asked him, I I guess about the, uh, the offensive line getting, you know, kind of manhandled a little bit. I, I don't think that's too strong of a word to use in, in physical play. And, and he pushed back against that a little bit and said, right. you know, uh, that he didn't think that was necessarily what it was. I, I thought he did a very, um, he, he was very kind of uh, political in, in his answer. He was very smart in his answer and saying that there were a couple times when uh, Matthew Stafford held onto the ball a little bit too long, I, I think is the, the short way of saying what, uh, what Andrew Whitworth was saying. And I agree with him 100%. Uh, but I also think there were times, and Jordan, you noted one of them in your column. And I don't want, it's not about picking on any particular lineman, but, but there were times when the Rams linemen were just getting pushed backwards and pushed into Matthew Stafford. And, and I don't know how you can see that in any other way. Um, so, so I guess this is a long-winded question of, of saying, or of asking, like, what do you think was going on there? Because we've talked almost every week. We almost throw it in as a as a side note, like, oh, gosh, we didn't talk about the Rams offensive line this week because, gosh, they were just so solid and there's nothing to say about them. Um, so what was going on there? Uh, is it just Tennessee's got a great pass rush. They've got a couple guys up front who are very dynamic. Was it that? Was it just a bad week? Uh, what what was going on there in in, in your view of things? Yeah, I mean, it was a game-changing, it had a game-changing ripple effect on how that unfolded uh, between that and the the pressure and the turnovers, I think, were the two yeah. defining things of, of that game. And um, we're not, uh, you know, we're not going to dwell too much on the turnovers. You all saw them. Matthew, Matthew Stafford has t- taken care of the ball this year, um, even when under pressure, even when blitzed at a far higher rate than uh, these guys did, which, again, that's in itself a little bit of an issue. That <laughs> right. But I'll get to why in a second. Um, and, you know, it's taking care of the football. Um, this was just this was just catastrophic. Just it was just an implosion, honestly. And and I think you know you see it with very good quarterbacks, with great quarterbacks, you see it. I think that Matthew Stafford has also been really just incredible for them, not just in terms of the way that he's able to expand their offense and what they're able to do with him, but also statistically speaking, um, you know, they they entered the game 
leading the league in, in several categories. And it's not like they just played pushover defenses, you know, every single week. They did this despite losing to Arizona. They did this, you know, against the Colts, who are not just going to, you know, roll over for you on defense. And so I, I think that, you know, this this is something where they're – for me personally, I mean, I'm going to have to obviously see. This is just a this is an instant opinion off of the small sample size. I think when we overall look at Matthew Stafford's evaluation, you know, you just don't know what it's going to say yet. Um, I think that's a one off. I think I don't think it's a one off to me in his body of work currently. It's a one off in terms of like just the sort of lack of just awareness as the safety situation was sort of happening, um, completely changed the game. Like we said, um, Tennessee is a ball control team with or without Derrick Henry. They are a ball control team. They will try to control the ball and the time of possession. They will try to, um, especially if they get a lead because you have made mistakes, which is what they, you know, this is, I I thought Andrew with that, that part of it, I thought he said really well. Um, if you, if they can, force a perfect scenario for them, which is you making mistakes early, then they will try to just control um, how the game is going based on those types of things, running the ball with a variety of guys, like all of that stuff, which the Rams defended well, but you're still, you know, the ball is still in their hands, penalties, kept drives alive, things like that. Okay, to your question. I think it was a few things. Uh, I think there's a combination between what Andrew was saying and um, also what the questioner was asking. I think it's both of those things. I do think there were times. I mean, this is what I was talking about with the blitz. Like, they didn't have to blitz. This is what Next Gen says. Um, the Titans only had to blitz Matthew Stafford on four of his 53 dropbacks, which is ideal because they wanted more guys in coverage because, hello, the Rams are throwing the ball, the shit downfield without, you know, your stereotypical, you know, deep threat guy. They're doing it with a lot of different guys. Okay, moving on. Um, so defenses are wanting to play them with more defenders in the in the defensive backfield. And so they're not blitzing as much. They're not sending those guys up near the line of scrimmage. But they also were able to pressure the heck out of this line with just four or fewer rushers at a 30.6% pressure rate. That's 15 pressures. All five sacks came off a four-man rush. That is tied for the most in any game by any defense this season. And Jeffrey Simmons, interior D-lineman, just having a heck of a season currently leading the NFL in pressures. Aaron Donald is second. Um, He had six, what did he have? Six pressures and three sacks in a single half, the first half. And Matthew Stafford was under pressure on 40% of his dropbacks. Eight of 20 times he dropped back, he was under pressure. And he also admitted that on at least two of those, uh, one a hit and two sacks, um, he he was sort of responsible because he was looking for the longer downfield developing concept versus taking the yards in front of him. So I think that it's just, it's obviously not good when for you went for an offense if a defense can get pressure with just four against you especially as they're trying to contain downfield um you want to make sure that they have to send extra people because again that helps your mathematical advantage downfield there's less people covering more receivers um and but they were doing it so effectively 
and you did see push and you did see guys getting knocked into each other. Um, were the Rams running the ball well also? Yes. And that's the physical part of the game that Andrew Whitworth was alluding to. Um, were they, I think, as maybe stout as we've come to expect them to be in pass pro? No, especially on the interior. And they also were not being helped by their quarterback. So I think it's both of those things. Um, I, I do not think Matthew did them any favors. Um, that's probably putting it politely. And I don't think that the play calling did them any favors either. Um, I get, you know, and I know, Rich, you and I could go in circles on this until, um, you know, one of us dies. Like, <laughs> we could go in circles on this for hours and hours and hours, days and days and days. Like, I don't I don't agree with the the stereotypical logic that dictates you always have to pass when you're facing a deficit and you always have to load the pass. I think that if the run is your more efficient option in that moment, you should run the ball. However, I understand why people subscribe to the logic that you pass when you're in a deficit, all right? So, I, I on that on that part I get it. They were running the ball well, but they kept passing, but they also kept they kept um, opting between play caller in McVay and quarterback. They kept trying to do too much with too little um, tools around them in terms of protection, in terms of, um, you know, the ability to let some of those concepts develop. And I do think the underneath options were there for Matthew at times, and he even said that they were, but he wasn't taking them, especially early. Second half, he started to get get it together a little bit, and then some calls really didn't go their way, and that was probably really frustrating for them. But in the first half, the game-changing moments that they could not dig out of, um, first of all, you don't want the game-changing moments in those turnovers, but not being able to dig out of them was was direct a direct correlation between how Stafford handled that pressure and how the line handled the pressure, and how effective Tennessee is pressuring quarterbacks right now. Yeah. You know, Jordan, the, the turnover, even though the turnovers were deadly, uh, I, I'm I'm inclined to even write them off in terms of you're, you're going to have mistakes sometimes, right? I mean, even the best quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford is among the best, is going to make some bad decisions with the ball, and he made Two pretty bad ones right there. I mean, I to, to do what he did on the goal line there was – it's inexcusable, and there's no way around that. But but that's going to happen from time to time. And then he follows that up with a, with a very bad read on the, on the very next play for another interception. Look, it's going to happen. He was getting frustrated. He was getting pressured. Um, doesn't excuse it, but it, it's something that, that's going to happen in the course of a, of a game or, or what have you. What bothered me more than anything was – the play calling. And I'm not even talking about the run because like I know that's become a cliche, but I, I do want to get into that a little bit later in, to get a little more specific. But Jordan, I'm looking at it and you come into the game, you're the Rams. You've been sacked eight times all season. You're, your first four pass plays of Sunday night's game, you get sacked twice in four plays. I think even at that point, early on, first drive, second drive, if you're a play caller, there's got to be a little light bulb that goes on over your head and says, you know what? This is going to be one of those games. We're not quite on it. Our offensive line's not quite on it. Matthew Stafford's not quite on it. This Tennessee pass rush very much is on it, as you said, Jordan, without even need to, needing to bring a blitz uh, the vast majority of the time. And for those like like you and, and you know, 
many, many thousands of people who were fortunate enough to be at SoFi Stadium probably didn't watch the, the game broadcast, but Chris Collinsworth was all over this. Yeah, um, I was asking you about this yeah, during the game. You weren't the yeah. only <laughs> You yeah. weren't you weren't the only beat writer, by the way, who was texting me saying, like, what was Chris Collinsworth saying? Um, but he was he was on this to his credit. I mean, his breakdown was very good of this Rams offense and what was going on. And what he was basically saying, without calling anybody out in particular, was where are the adjustments here? Why are you continuing to just have Matthew Stafford stand there in the pocket and try to throw the ball down the field when it's abundantly clear and was abundantly clear from even the first possession that that was going to be a difficult way to move the ball. And he was right. And I also think if you look at the way the Rams played the second half, uh, it would if you throw out the first half, it still would have been a close game. It's not like they blew away Tennessee in the second half by any means, but it was much closer to what they needed to be doing, mm-hmm. what they should have been doing, moving the pocket, uh, taking what was there. I, I don't know what Tyler Higby's uh, targets were, but it seemed like they were throwing the ball to him more uh, or trying to throw the ball more to him in the, in the second half than they were in the first half. I, I apologize if I'm wrong about that. It's just that's the way my memory is processing it. Um, but where was this? I mean, by the time those adjustments went into effect, you were down 21 to three. And as you've astutely pointed out, Jordan, a couple times, you're facing a ball control team who had the game exactly where it wanted it at that point. And I just don't know how you can, I, I don't know. I, and I'm not saying it's easy. It's It's got to be extraordinarily difficult to be there on the sideline and try to process that in real time. But I don't know how you can watch that series after series and say, yeah, we're just we're going to keep trying to do the same thing here and eventually it's going to work out. Um, it, it was it was just kind of shocking to me. I think he, he in his press conference today, he dropped something that um, I thought was a little telling, which is kind of what we talk about from time to time, um, Rich, which was he talked about, you know, making sure you're also gauging like what the defense is doing and what special teams is doing and like being a head coach essentially. Sure. Um, but I, I know we talk about this a lot, but it's, it's like if you're, if you are, if you have too much control over every situation, would that not create a tunnel of sorts for you? It would for me. Yeah. So, and I don't know this, this is just, once again, we're doing our thing that we do, yes. which is assuming we know yeah. what people Jordan, are thinking. Jordan, are you stirring the pot here? Well, are, I, are, I are, never, I never do that, Rich. That's that's your job. Are but you stealing my bit. But I, what I like to do is try to put myself in people's shoes and try to figure out what they might be thinking, even sure. if it's wrong. As long as we open with that caveat, sure. Sure. <laughs> and it's okay. Um, you know, I would, I would think that metaphorically speaking, much like some of the offensive concepts that they called yesterday, trying to do do too much at one time is um, not an efficient way of doing things. And I think that there is a capacity here. You see it in these flashes of decisions that they make, the catalyst they introduce into their system um, on a football level. And in a good way that forces growth, that forces change and development and evolution and and things like that, that they try and and the ways that they talk about how they come up with design and calls and, and things like that, that just feels really free, right? It feels really free and right. it feels really instinctual 
And to me, if you can marry that with like some really good data, which jury's out on that in terms of some of the some of the fourth down decision making. Um, but to me, if you can marry that with like some really just um, nuanced in-game situational analysis and you can do those things and but you can keep that freeness of what it is when you're creating and what it is when you're problem solving the stuff that you all the stuff I saw at training camp all of these things where right. it's not always going to look good but just they're tr- you know just trying things and and having that sense of of possibility um I think that that does a lot for for some, I would think that that would do a lot for somebody who is in charge of a creation portion of a team. And in creation, I mean, you know, designing a play sheet and a, des- a game plan offensively. And, and, and so I, I almost wonder if one could constrain themselves too much because they feel that maybe incorrectly, not sure, I don't know, um, that they have to do too much all at once. And I think, though, if you talk about some of these plays and everything and someone being so immersed in football that the play calls and the types of things that they do become a part of their DNA and their fingerprints, um, you can see it. You can see when when he has lost his way. Right, right. I first of all, that was a that was a very good way of putting all that, Jordan. And uh, it's 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 not about. Well, I've got I've got a candle going. I'm feeling thoughtful. No, that's very yeah. <laughs> you, you that was uh, as opposed to my usual uh, sledgehammer way of of making points. Um, you you uh, put a lot of nuance in there and and explain it in the context of of what. The Rams are, are trying to uh, accomplish here, but yeah, it's it's just, and and that's where you say like it's 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 got to be difficult. Like it's it's easy. I acknowledge it's easy to to sit at home or sometimes to even sit in the press box and and see what's going on and say, oh well, you you know should be doing that, should be doing that. But I mean, that's that's why you have an entire coaching staff too. And I don't want to get too granular with it, Jordan, but it. It, it kind of makes me wonder about, you know, having even something like having Kevin O'Connell on the field um, as opposed to having somebody up in the booth who ju- just a different vantage point sometimes and and maybe even being removed a little bit from the situation. And I mean that in a purely physical sense, just just you're removed from it. You're 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 far above it. You're not in the chaos of the of the sideline and you're able to uh, to take a little bit wider view of things like I, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a reason for that, maybe for communication purposes, for the quarterbacks, whatever it may be. That's that's uh, overall, that's still a better way to do it. Uh, but but it just seems like the and and by the way, I don't think we're nitpicking a one-time thing here. Uh, this these in-game adjustments for all the amazing things that Sean McVay has done during his career, and let's not lose sight of that. Also, and I'm not losing sight of it. No, we're um, basically. I mean this this is a very win- high winning percentage, extraordinary hum- human that we're talking about. Extraordinary. I mean, no, nobody's yeah. nobody's sitting there. Or, you know. Right. We're not, you know, we're not talking about someone on the hot seat or anything like that. But I no. think when they're striving for what they're striving for, yes. these conversations are, are in, you know, and the other thing is the Rams are having these conversations. They have conversations yes. like this in every phase of their business, in every phase of their um, team build, in every yes. phase of their coaching. They have these conversations. They nitpick at themselves. And so I think before, you know, we get comments about, you know, 
we're upsetting people's feelings or whatever. Like, oh, no. I, I think like, you know, I, this is, this is, that's the fascinating part of what these guys do in building right. this system and ecosystem that they've built is that they do have these conversations. So continue. No yes, question about it. No. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's where I don't think, I, I don't know. I, it, it's been some time since I've had a, a conversation with Sean, but like, I, I don't think he would take offense to this because I, no, I think, I think, he, think he would love to have this conversation. I think I'm he would serious. too. I think he would too. And, and, uh, because I do think that they look at this stuff. I think they look at it very closely and in very much the context that you're talking about, Jordan, is if you want to win a Super Bowl and that, let's be very clear, that is what the Rams want to do. <laughs> they, 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 there's only one goal here this year and that's to win a Super Bowl. And these are the kind of things that you you might look at it and say it's nitpicking you might look at it and say oh how can you criticize somebody who's had the success that he's had well these are the things that are going to make the difference and and they know that and it's it's not being nitpicky it's not being you know petty uh it's it's looking at the things that are going to make a difference when you get into some of these huge games it's the stuff that made the difference in the super bowl three years ago to be just to be quite narrow with it, um, very similar things to where it, it didn't get done, and I think Sean probably carries that with him to this day. Some of the things that happened that day in Atlanta, um, so it, it's it's very much in that context of of you want to be the best, and uh, it's it's things that you can say, well, they'll, they'll be better next week, and then they will be better next week. But it, that's not where, what it's really about. It's, it's about how are you going to respond in these, in these games, in these moments where there is no margin for error. And, and that's really what, uh, what the Rams are, are going to be facing, you know, down the line. Can, I, yeah, go I ahead. Think it go goes, ahead. I think it even goes further than that. And this is something that I have – I'm still thinking about it. So if it comes out as incoherent nonsense, you could skip the next three minutes. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. I don't. Hang in there. I I don't think that it's. I think. You know how sometimes I tell you, Rich, and this is back when you were editing me, and I still will like helicopter in out of nowhere and just tell you just something about. I've just got a feeling in my gut, right? It's just like a little scratching, scratching on my gut here. (laughs) Sorry for the visual, (laughs) but it's like it's it's just not this thing is gnawing at me a little bit and I'm still trying to figure out what it is. Um, but I try, I, I tried picking at the thread a little bit, talking to Cooper cup and McVeigh today. It's yeah. hard to do that. You're on zoom. Zoom sucks. Um, luckily it's a really great beat where they, um, people are at least patient with my, you know, not so musings at times and people are very kind. Um, but, it's something that I've been thinking about is it's not just about a failure to adjust to me that's the problem. Uh-huh. It's about the fact that the next dominant philosophical systems defensively in the league, which written about in great detail, yes, but not the scheme, the philosophical, like the ethos of the scheme mm-hmm. – it preys on a lack of patience. Mm. It preys yeah. on yeah. it preys on a coordinator's worst tendencies and inclinations and ingrained um, systemic. Right. We must do these things because that's right. Right. Nesses. <laughs> right. 
you know, mm-hmm. just made up a word. That's that's where it goes deeper to me. Right. And that's why this is something to look internally about. Like, it's something that he, like, I'm not going to tell anyone how to live their life. <laughs> if it was me, <laughs> this is something I would be thinking about. Because right. Right. he saw this. He saw this firsthand, you know, Fangio saw this firsthand Super Bowl. And I think it's easy to say schematically that beat me. That's why. Because schematically, it's a it's a perfect foil for my offense, which that's what that system is. It's a perfect foil for my for my offense. But teams who don't play that defense that still play two high shells and get pressure, they are still beating this team. Right. Which is what was happening yesterday. And so and and it's so to me, it's it's not all the time. And specifically, if you want to peel away the little, you know, the layer and look at kind of what's festering there underneath. And, and festering is a strong word, but like right. it's something that will have this this is important. It feels important. I don't again, I don't know if it is, but it feels important to me. I'm gonna use the word smoldering. Smoldering. That's better. Festering sounds gross. Smol- <laughs> smoldering. <laughs> smoldering. Um if you if you have something that's smoldering like that and and you don't pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. So so the it's not the the fact that it's like the everything I've written about the to two high shells that rotate the muddy waters for the quarterback Matthew Stafford Matthew Stafford can can beat a two high right he can beat the heck out of a two high the Rams are seeing the second most frequency of two high usage because those systems are built to stop right. the McVay Shanahan system right like he's seeing the most and expl- and to limit explosive pass plays and pass play rates um. He, they are seeing the second most usage of too high, but they still entering this game were manufacturing the highest number of explosive air yards plays in the league. Right. So it's not that that's a problem, right? right? It's not that the pressure was the big difference here, mm-hmm. which we you know we're tying this together in a neat little circle. Um, the pressure that we talked about at the very beginning of this that was the problem here. But even more than that, and even more than the lack of ability to adjust to what the Titans were doing. Um, is the fact that a a plan like that it requires patience in a way right. that runs counterintuitive to how people think they need to then move the ball downfield yes. in order to overcome a deficit in order to overcome such a defense right. in order to um you know build a lead it's right. going to it's it's what we talked about death by a thousand paper cuts it's it's going to it's going to try to bait you into right. doing things that are wrong that you feel are right, right. because that's what yeah. people do. And that's that's yeah. the thing. When, you, when you're when you Sean McVay and you, when you're Matthew Stafford and you have that confidence in yourself that you think you can do it, that's it's it's almost like jujitsu, right? I mean, like that's what that defense is using against you. It's using your own confidence against you. It's using you. your own best qualities against you. Exactly. It's using your aggressiveness against you. It's yeah. using your assertiveness against you. And it's not they're not playing the the Brandon Staley defense. They're not. Right. But they're the the philosoph- that's what that's what's so important that we're seeing permeate through this league, first right. of all. Right. And especially was used effectively against the Rams when the Titans played them on Sunday night, is they 
they pulled the ethos of that defense. They use some concepts that are popularized now. Again, the shells rushing with four, not blitzing, like right. some of the front concepts. Like, fine, yeah, but they were not playing that defense. They didn't just install something new. Right. It's just what they've been doing. Right. Sean McVay said it himself. Nothing they did surprised them. Right. So right. they didn't pull. They didn't pull the. They didn't like photocopy Brandon Staley's playbook. Right. Vic Fangio's playbook. No. Right. What they did was they said, here is the the literal, like, um, I've been watching The Good Place. It's like the- Oh, yes. The uh, the the skin the demon wears, right? The little human <laughs> skin skin clothing that the demon wears, right? So yes. here it is. That's the too high shell. And that's the some of the stuff you do up front. But that's certainly mostly the too high shell. Right. And, but we're not, that's not what- that's not what really is going to make the difference here. It's pulling the philosophy and, and the actual ethos of um, that death by a thousand paper cuts, that baiting somebody into playing their own worst qualities, or excuse me, playing their own best qualities against themselves. Right, right. And widening the margin for error in doing so. And that's, to me, the problem. It's, it's Yes, you need to learn how to like not learn. He's a head coach. Of yeah. course, he knows how to do this. It's mm-hmm. just not trying to sound condescending at all, mm-hmm. at all. Because no. yeah, I'm just not. But evolve in a way where it's there's an understanding of it's not just out scheming somebody. It's not letting them twist you around their finger. Right. 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 And and that's where I think, yeah, it's it's not adjustment. You're it's, it's such I first of all, I certainly hope nobody skipped that because uh, that was a as good a Longer breakdown. Longer than three your, minutes. Sorry. Yeah, no, that. but but uh, just uh, it, was, it was such a good breakdown of, of what it is. And it, it's not you're right. It's not adjustments in terms of like, oh, we need to, you know, bring this uh, bring in a two tight end set and start doing this. Blah, blah blah. No, no, no. It's it's about like recognizing kind of what's going on in a game and saying, okay, this is you know th- this is what we're seeing in front of us. This is what our eyes are telling us in this game, and 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 making that and maybe adjustments is. I, I wish I could think of a better word than than adjustments, but uh, but but just sort of uh, seeing the 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 tone of the game or, or how things are, are developing in front of you. And I thought they started to do that in the second half. They, they started to get more. I mean, you look at the first drive that they that they came out. I, Tennessee got the ball to start the second half and, and the Rams defense forced a punt after a couple first downs. And, and you saw the Rams went down the field, which <laughs> led to uh, only an uh, ill-fated fourth and goal uh, decision from the Tennessee four yard line, which I guess we can cover in greater detail if we, if we want. But, uh, but you started to see more of that where it was kind of like, okay, the Rams, they, they, they've taken a step back here. They've taken a breath and, and they've been able to, uh, see what's going on here and uh that that was the unfortunate thing i i think that 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 sort of thing didn't happen um a little bit earlier and and whether when that needs to happen who needs to uh, be there to uh see that i i don't know uh, I, I I don't know whose responsibility that is i don't know how much you put on matthew stafford on that um but you're right, Jordan. And the other, th- the only other thing that I would add is this is the kind of thing that we're talking about. Like, this is what's going to happen when you get into these bigger games. Uh, the Rams can out talent a lot of these teams. They can out talent San Francisco next Monday. They can out talent some of these teams that they're going to play the way that they out talented Houston and New York and Detroit. 
But when you get to these playoff games, when you've got to play Arizona again, when you've got to play Green Bay, when you've got to play whoever it is they might play in the playoffs, uh, that's when you can't have this happen. So people say, oh, they're going to bounce back next week. I don't have any doubt that they will bounce back next week, but that's not really the point. The point is the bigger picture things that that you're talking about here, Jordan, and I, I thought you made the point perfectly. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When we talk about impatience, and I want to specify a couple of things too. We talk about impatience. What I mean is continuing to try to force the ball downfield 30 yards at a time when you could, you know, that's the way that this defense flips in a a smart offensive philosophy upon itself because it's built, you know, those types of coverages, especially, again, especially if you're only pressuring with four successfully. Yeah. Um, that type of extra help and coverage can help limit those types of plays. I guess if we want to flip this and look on the bright side, like it's a huge compliment to the Rams that teams are playing them like this because they're throwing the ball downfield um, through the air. Hello. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Subtweeting verbally. Yes. Man, what a feeling. (laughs) Um, But but to get back on track, like impatience is – it's also the quarterback too. You know, the play concept can be designed in front of them, but it's also the quarterback choosing not to take those decisions. Those were the all of this ties together because that's exactly what those a couple of those sacks came from. Um, was was Matthew choosing to not take a, a underneath concept? Um, and also, you know, situationally, when you are calling the play, is that the most efficient play call? Um, right, how many right. layers do you think you can build in? Um, no, you don't want your quarterback throwing short of the sticks on third down. And Stafford certainly does not do that. He's among the top in the league at throwing past the sticks on third down. But how can you efficiently set up those contours and set up those layers to where, um, you know, and then also combine that with the decision making process in into where that the maybe the the. Uh, the glory option is not always being sought after. The hero option is not always being sought after. And I think that just comes with time. It's kind of the irony to me. I pointed this out on Twitter. It's kind of deeply ironic that 
you know, at this point, they need to figure out how to blend better catch and run explosives back into their offense right. because they are almost too vertical right now. Right. Um, right. Again, caveat specifically on those situational plays when they are facing an adverse down and distance and also the type of pressure that Tennessee was bringing. I think against a team that's not doing that effectively um, with their pressure, I think this we're not even maybe having this conversation, but because they found a way to really bother the Rams. Um, this is a conversation they will also have to avoid sort of having a blueprint put up on them. But what yeah. I keep going back to is I don't think I don't think that the blueprint is as much schematic. I think this offense can beat any type of scheme, right. really, right. up and down the field, beat them wide, beat them long, whatever. Like, I think they could. It's the fact that teams will play on McVay's patience. Right, right. That's and, what this. That's what this yeah. game showed me. Yeah, and to to speak to the positive, Jordan, I, I think you'd much rather be in this position if you're the Rams, where where you have to figure it out the other way. Um, you have to figure out how to how to dial that back a little bit, as opposed to last year where they were trying to figure out how do we, how do yeah, we they're do- like, hey, uh, if we just shout, hey, look over there, and yeah. then throw the ball downfield, do we think that'll work? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm the Rams, I'd much rather be in the position they are this year and having yeah. to figure that out versus where they were a year ago having to figure yeah. that stuff hey, out. You already know that your two top receivers can catch and run. Right. Very, very well with the right. ball. So and, there's and that. <laughs> not, and, and not to put too fine of a point of it, John Jordan, but I mean, you look at the first play, uh, the Rams' first play of the third quarter. I mean, they they roll Matthew Stafford out. He finds Matt, uh, Robert Woods on the run. It's a gain of 18. Like, what a, what a great play. It just simple. It wasn't a glory play. It wasn't forty yards down the field. It was. It was a nice catch and run. They got eighteen yards. It got the drive started just the way you would want it to, and and they go down and uh, once again kick from the four yard line. Uh, but but it, it really that was the kind of play where you went, okay, this is this is what they needed, um, and it was the mindset that they needed in that situation. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not going to discount Matt Gay's kicking game. Yes. Uh, dude has been awesome. 54-yarder, yeah. that to me that was, was in that kick. situation. That was the right thing to do. Right. Uh, that was a fourth and 12, I believe. Um, I think in in com- in total tandem and partnership with the previous decision, I liked it less. Right. Um, in a vacuum, I really appreciated a really great kick from him. Right. Um, Definitely not going to take any of that away. I think he's really found a home here in Los Angeles. Um, Also think that we can't, you know, we really cannot uh, exit this conversation without discussing some of the penalties. Uh, Oh, boy. More than a couple of them, extremely questionable, if not completely egregious. Um, One thing, Rich, that I will add to, I was confused by, and and I think – I wondered about is I, I I really liked those end zone stripes, but I almost wondered if that made a difference in terms of like, and then they blew up the play on the Oculus over and over and over again, (laughs) which the referees did not have a good view. Yeah. Yeah, The refs did not have a good view of that play on their little tablets, but they kept playing it up on the Oculus. Like Mike Vrabel was gesturing to it. Right. Right. Like he wasn't looking at the tablet. He was gesturing to the screen. Right. The, yeah. Look the at this be- 70, beautiful. 70,000 square foot. <laughs> like 
Look at that right. view. Tyler yeah. Higby's yeah. shoe is the size of a boat. Look at that. Right. Yeah, exactly. So look I at, just, I, I, but the stripes, I, I love those stripes, man. Those were great. But like, yeah. I, I just was like, all of it, I just think. I hadn't thought of that. In a different situation, like maybe you don't see enough evidence to overturn. Yeah. Albeit he was ready to challenge it. He had the flag in his hand. So it could have really, it still could have gone that way. But I right. think in that situation, first, right. if you don't, you know, you you could argue that the problem was that the, that it was called a touchdown in the first place. The, right. the back judge didn't throw his, his marker down or his hat down or anything like that. Right. You could argue there was just a bunch of bad crap with that. Right. Um, and then the Aaron Donald one, completely oh, egregious. Completely egregious. Uh, I told someone today, I sta- like, I told someone today, I stand in a grocery line with right. more force than that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't it's it's indefensible. Like I'm I'm sorry. I don't and and I don't cheer for the Rams, but that's if if that's going to be the standard for roughing the passer, then I I don't know. I don't know what to tell you anymore. Um it it, it was a terrible call and and one that really changed. I mean, I'm not going to say it changed the game, but it certainly changed the Rams' ability to to come back at a, at a time when it still seemed uh, uh, feasible. So, yeah, I don't, don't agree with that. The Higby thing is like, to me, that's a little more, my goodness, what are we doing here? Like, yeah, we are, you it took know, so long. Yeah, yeah. it's we're, we're debating, you know, whether a guy got a sliver of his shoe over over a blade of artificial turf, you know, and 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 that's our take. And by the way, I would feel the same way if it was Tennessee who had who had made that play. I mean, it's just an extraordinary play. Matthew Stafford's best play of the entire game, uh, where where he steps up there and kind of threw it sidearm, and and you know, Higby tiptoes the back of the end zone and and you know then we sit and wait for five minutes to see if if he you know if if a blade of turf got disturbed in in the back of the end zone it's just ugh, like what are we doing here with some of this stuff but anyway you know that 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 is what it is um you know the the one thing I, I think we should before we go we should talk about the, the the defense a little bit but but I if if you will allow me Jordan my three minutes yes yes um and because and and i part of this is regretful and and all of the if, if you're not on twitter this probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you but but uh, one of my ongoing things has been about the rams run game and and you know running versus passing in certain situations and i understand that it becomes at some point it becomes almost like hyper, hyperbole where it's a start to it, it starts to get mentioned so often that it that it almost loses its its effectiveness and and at some point things should probably be clarified a little bit and distilled down and the one thing that I wanted to make clear is that I'm not saying that the Rams have a overall general problem if you look at the run pass ratio overall it's not bad I mean you, you would actually be surprised if you looked at it for a, a team that throws the ball as much as the Rams do or a team that's presumed to throw the ball as much as the Rams do uh, that their split isn't even farther off than it is my issue is situational in in large part um, there are, there are times when I think Sean McVay does go away. And Jordan, I think you mentioned it near the top of the episode here where, mm-hmm. you know, uh-oh, down by 10 points, time to throw the ball. Like, I, I do think he slips into that a little bit at times. But but I, I think that's too general. I, I want to go um, – I, I did some homework here, Jordan. And it, it's – anybody who knew me – who knows me uh, when I was in high school knows that I never did much homework. So this this <laughs> is something that I'm, I'm proud of. The Rams yesterday were in – 14 situations where they had four yards or less 
to pick up a first down. So I'm talking about second and four, third and four or less, second and three, third and two, whatever it may be. 14 of those plays, okay? They passed the ball on 11 of them. 11 of 14 plays when they needed four yards or fewer to pick up a first down, they passed. Okay, so you're going to look at that and you might say, all right, maybe you're cherry picking here. Maybe you're cherry picking because they were they were uh, losing by 10 points and of course they're going to throw the ball. Around. Okay, fine. So let's take it down to two yards. Let's take it down to, to plays in which the Rams needed two yards or one yard to pick up a first down. There were six of those plays against the Tennessee Titans, and they passed on four of them when they needed two yards or one yard. And they had a running back who was averaging five yards per carry in Daryl Henderson. I understand there might have been an ankle issue there. Fine. He was still averaging five yards per carry. The Rams, last last number, because I know there's nothing worse than giving numbers on a podcast. Last number, the Rams had six plays that they ran in the Tennessee red zone. All of them were pass plays. Nary a single run in the red zone. And the issue that I have here is not that that cost them the game, because I don't think it cost them the game. I think the the issues that we've spent the last 45 minutes talking about are the issues that cost them the game. The problem is it's a trend. And the problem is when, if a dummy like me can see it, uh, then I'll bet you that coaches are going to see it. And I bet you that that's going to be the book and they're going to know. And I even had somebody uh, uh, comment to me on Twitter on that fourth and one play, the one where, you know, Matthew Stafford was stumbling, bumbling and almost hurt his ankle. Uh, somebody pointed out to me on Twitter, well, did the, did, did the Titans really have to respect the run there? Did they really They really think, as odd as it sounds, did they really think the Rams were going to run the ball on fourth and one? They probably didn't because I didn't. And and that's the kind of thing where it's just like, what kind, and, 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 and uh, sorry, not Matthew Stafford, Andrew Whitworth said it in those post-game comments. They were running the ball with authority. And, and I, I don't know what kind of message you're sending uh, if you need three yards or two yards or one yard and, and you're not running the ball. And, and it's not just a one-time thing. It happens a lot. Uh, I, I have some other numbers here. Maybe, maybe I'll tweet them uh, uh, later on. But, but Oh, the, no. I feel like you're rolling, and you're on a Jordan rant right now. Well, so. I mean, there's, there's red zone numbers. Like, I, 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 ran, the, I ran the red zone numbers, at, at, you know, the, the percentage of time that, that they're passing versus the percentage of time that they're running. And the Rams are, are a decent red zone team. I don't want to – I want to be honest here. I want to be I, – I don't want to – be like some politician who I'm, I'm only giving you numbers that support what I'm saying. The Rams are a pretty good red zone team. I mean, they are top, they're top third in the league. I, I want to say they're about uh, 11th or, or somewhere around there in terms of red zone touchdowns. So I'm, uh, don't get me wrong. They are not a bad uh, red zone team. They're not a great red zone team, but they're not a bad red zone team. Uh, but the numbers are pretty interesting when you look at it uh, from year to year with Sean McVay. They are progressively throwing the ball more in in the red zone than than they did early in in his tenure 
And and I think there was even a, a thought or, or a debate. I remember it a couple of years ago, like, wow, they don't run the ball enough in the red zone. Well, they're running it even less now than they did before. Uh, they're running the ball, excuse me, they're passing the ball 59% of the time on red zone plays. And that comes from um, Sharp Football Stats. Great, great website where you, it's very, very easy to uh, uh, move the numbers there and, and see some of that stuff. Uh, 59% of the time they pass in the red zone, which is sixth most in in the league. The league average is 43%. They're at 59%. And and that that has gone up. Uh they were they've been uh even last year it was 40% last year. Uh, at a time when when we thought that they were you know having having some problems there. It was 47% the year before that. So it's just again, is that the reason they're lose they lost the game? No, it's not it's not the reason they lost the game. I'm and I'm not making that argument and I'm not saying that they need to line up in student body left and student body right, like you know USC in the 1970s, and and run the ball all the time. That's that's not what I'm saying. But like you just have to look at some of these situational things and start to look at it. Is is this the most effective way uh, to to move the ball? And and I just don't think it is. And and I just for the Rams' sake, I I fear that that might kind of catch up with them at some point. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. But but it just it really jumped out at me, Jordan, when when you're talking about uh, some of those plays. I mean, first and uh, where is it here? Uh, we're talking about that. that the, the reason I got on this rant, Jordan, is we talked about that field goal. And yeah. and that was the the drive. They they get it down to the to the Tennessee four yard line. It's first and goal at the four. And, and they go pass, 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 and then kick a field goal. Uh, not once did they try to run the ball from the four yard line. I just it it I don't know something doesn't seem right there to me. So there's, yeah, I'd that's, like to that's see, the end of my rant. I thought it was I thought it was a good rant. My Thank favorite you, part was when you said you set the baseline extremely low. In that uh, you have noticed this, so yeah. certainly other people have as well right. uh, around the league. So that was that was probably my my favorite part because I don't think you give yourself enough credit, Rich. Um, but if we start from there, there's only uh, you. You can only go uphill, I think. So oh, there you go. If you start, if you start, if you set your baseline there, and you're yes. talking about NFL coordinators keying in on these things, I think you're pretty spot on there. But um, the other, the thing, I, I wonder. I just for I'm not even playing devil's advocate. It's just questions that popped up into my brain when you were talking. Was I wonder how those numbers have increased relative to the league's own increase of pass rate right. um, in, in the red zone, but then in other situations. And I also, um, the Rams, I think there are perhaps factors at play in the sense that you kind of heard this when um, co- our colleague, uh, Daniel Popper, he's covering, covers the Chargers, um, was talking at one point, recapping what Brandon Staley was saying in a press conference when they were talking about going forward on fourth downs. He's basically talking about you're you're wanting to give the person who you believe is the best player on your offense mm-hmm. as many opportunities to touch the ball as possible. Um, and so I wonder yeah. how much that has to do. That's that's very modern, efficient uh, football postulation right there in terms of right. what sort of those conversations are about if in, in terms of efficiency and, and in, increasing the, the margin at which you are putting the ball in the hands of someone who you believe has a higher rate success rate, uh, overall, regardless of situation to make a play happen. Now you can't really hold that in your head and then think about this last game and think, Oh yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Because, right, right. because Matthew did not have a good game, uh, especially not in the first half. But I think that overall, that 
to me, I, I, again, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'd like to see more balance as well. And in those compounded situations, like, like, I don't think you need to pass every time, for example. Right. I like, I like a little balance in that situation, but I do, I would understand an argument for why they would do those types of things based on that line of thinking. And then also the increase in pass rate relative to the league itself. So, um, that, that would be interesting. That might be the, my next question to see what, what the deal is there. Cause I think that's a really interesting dialogue to have. It's a really interesting question to ask and conversation to have. Um, I'm still bugging him about, uh, fourth down decision making. He actually referenced it in his press conference on Friday that he right. went for fourth for it on fourth down at a higher rate over these last couple of games because um, he was tired of getting asked about it, <laughs> um, which is fine. <laughs> it, it was just such a weird decision, Jordan. which is a like, joke, obviously. But yeah, like, no, I, I just yeah. disagree. I mean, there's so many ghost situations that are yeah. just not gone for. So, and that's the other thing too. You can't argue that you want to keep the ball into the hands of your quote unquote best or most efficient playmaker right. at a higher frequency or the highest possible frequency. You can't make that argument for passing that much against compounded spaces in the red zone. Right. You cannot make that argument and have it also be true that you don't go for it on fourth down. Right. Which is like that's that's why that that four play sequence there is such a such a great microcosm, because I totally agree with what you're saying. Like that's a that's a wonderful point I, to you to why, you know, why do you want to take the ball out of Matthew Stafford's hands? He's clearly clearly your best option to, to put the ball in the end zone. That That's a great point. But but you get down and, and this again, let's just let's drill down to one one series, one sequence here. You've got first and goal at the four. You are down at that point by 18 points you're you're losing 21 to 3 you need a touchdown uh not just for the score but for your mental <laughs> for your for your for your team's psyche uh you you need to get in the end zone to make them feel like they are right back in this thing and you've got the ball again i, I said this the, for the 10th time you've got the ball at the 4 yard line uh, and you pass it 3 times and then you kick a 22 yard field goal that really feels empty. I, I have to think I'm not on the sideline, but but that's got to feel empty when you look up at the scoreboard and you think, "Wow, we just marched all the way down the field. Uh, they just they, we just went 80, 84 yards, and all we came away with was this, you know, this souvenir T-shirt of a of a twenty two yard field goal. Uh, that I, I can't imagine that made them feel great about themselves. And and that that ser- that sequence there was just. It was just so odd. Like if, if you're going to push the accelerator three times and, and put the ball in Matthew Stafford's hands, you might as well do it a fourth time. <laughs> like you might as well say, all right, well, we, we think the odds are that, that eventually our best player is going to put the ball uh, in the end zone. So we might as well give him one more shot at it. If, if you've done it three times, I don't know why you don't do it a fourth time. What color was the T-shirt? Um, it was kind of a dingy. It was, it was bone. It was bone. It was a bone T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so the I wish Rams I could are still edit that out to make my comeback very snappy like I, <laughs> I, I stuttered for a second before I said that's that. alright I kind of came out of left field on you that's with the, the but it's your beat so I thought I would I just know. pay homage yeah. um, you guys the Rams are a really good football team <laughs> yes. so there's that uh, but I think for those of you guys who who do love to join us weekly for our podcast, um, and by the way, I'm I'm gonna scroll through my feed here really quickly because I actually met, 
I met oh, I saw three the picture. podcast listeners, and yes. they were the warmest, kindest people. Um, and it was wonderful. But basically, as I'm scrolling, I'll make my previous point, which is that we just we love that there are there's a population of sickos uh, such as ourselves who do love to have these conversations, yes. especially the, in the days of of Twitter, where you cannot really um, encapsulate your thoughts very well. Although I have like a hundred tweet thread uh, right now on my timeline that you should check out if you are in, invested in this type of conversation. <laughs> At that Jordan probably Rodri. I probably should have written in a column, uh, probably going to get a note from my editor on that one later, but oh well. Um, but it, it it's, uh, I also love, and we love, 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 love when you guys talk to us about this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's just so much dialogue to be had about the interesting things this team is doing, even when things don't look great, like they didn't. Sunday night. Right. Um, some of these things are just really fascinating. And at the end of the day, you know, the Rams are seven and two. They're a very good football team. I think they will become a better football team by the time uh, this, right. this, you know, we sort of put a pin on all of these conversations that we're having. And I still think that this team is playoff bound. Um, but well, that being said, it's, yeah. it's fascinating to have, I mean, and these guys are having these conversations too. guarantee right. you, this is how they spent their Monday morning. Maybe not, right. uh, Psychoanalyzing Sean McVay per se, right? With, sh- <laughs> but <laughs> he is in the room after all. Right. But I guarantee you, they spent most of today. They will spend tomorrow troubleshooting all of this. Yeah, and 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 these are the conversations you want to have. I'd like, and and I'm not. I'm. I hope this doesn't sound condescending. Yeah, you don't want to have the conversation of. All right, who do we think the next head coach is going to exactly, be? Exactly, exactly. Who's on the hot yeah. seat? You yeah. just don't. That's this is champagne problems, right? right here. That, that you, you said it. I can guarantee you, if we had this Rams podcast in 2016, these are not the conversations that we would be having. <laughs> like it would be like, what well, you'd the, be drunk first of well, all. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, but ultimately, it's a good thing. It's it's the standards. I mean, we we Jordan, you and I, we discuss this team as though it's a Super Bowl team. Um, and, and that's the, that's the level of, of conversation that we're having. And that's the level of critique that we're doing here. And, and like you said, Jordan, it's, that's the same level of critique that's going on in the Rams building today and tomorrow and, and all week. They're not, I guarantee you, they're not sitting there going, well, we're seven and two. That's pretty good. So, you know, Hey guys, let's just take it easy this week. Well, you know, things are going to work themselves out. Like, no, 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 no. They are not thinking that way. Uh, they are thinking, how do we, how do we look at this stuff and how do we fix it? And how do we make sure that this doesn't happen again? Um, so yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I, I and got we you. get to do it. We get to do it with, with, uh, zero consequences in the win-loss column yeah yeah exactly isn't it great? so go us yeah. lucky us but i wanted to say i pulled up the i pulled up yeah the, i was just gonna throw tweet. it back to you with this yeah, um yeah. so really great way to meet this family um a dad and his two daughters um dad's dad is fred hope you guys don't mind me saying your names on this podcast and if i mispronounce them i am sorry although fred i think is pretty straightforward um and darian and i'm sorry if i mispronounce that um really really pretty name um i was go- i was on an elevator uh heading to do, do an interview for this project i'm working on i was on one of the elevators in the stadium and i looked behind me because there was a guy dressed as like the Ram Squatch. So it was like a Sasquatch outfit, but it was like had Ram horns and 
I basically was trying to get a selfie with the Ram Squatch, right? And this family is behind me between myself and the Ram Squatch. So I like look around and then I'm like, oh shit. Um, <laughs> they saw me turn my camera on. Right. Let me pretend nothing happened. Right. Yeah. And then I heard my name and I turned around and Darian had called out to me and uh, I was like maybe 10 feet down in the elevator and I just was like, hey. And she said, um, we listen to 11 personnel. That's awesome. Oh, my God. My heart melted. I just was a damn puddle on the floor. It was so nice. That what is- a warm family. We got a picture. Um, they were so kind, so sweet. You guys, uh, if you're listening, and I hope you are, um, really, that I cannot tell you how much that not only made my day, my entire week, um, and, and I just really, really appreciated it. And that's kind of what this is all about, right, is yeah. just making connections with people and being able to um, not just have these conversations with you, Rich, although I, I do love doing that very much, but also have people come into these conversations that we have as well. And we love when you guys give us feedback. We love when you um, comment on the podcast. We love when you send notes. We especially love the inside jokes that you have caught on to. I am still getting a lot of tart tweets, (laughs) which I love because sometimes other people are tagged in them and they have no clue what they're about, which is hilarious every single time. Um, One can only assume what they think they're about. (laughs) Um, and we just love it. So, um, you guys, we uh, we're halfway through. Um, we've we've enjoyed the first half of the season. The Rams are seven and two, and uh, and rolling towards San Francisco on Monday night. Be sure to follow myself at Jordan Rodriguez on Twitter. Follow Rich Hammond at Rich underscore Hammond. A little pot stirring, little uniform talk, you know, Rich. Oh yeah, yeah. The modern throwbacks are coming back on uh, Monday against the 49ers, so they they get a chance to redeem themselves. Um, it's funny how I put that on Twitter, and it's like it's it's good fun when the Rams lose and or when they win, and then when they lose, it's like the uniforms. It's your, your fault. The, the uniforms <laughs> don't have anything to do with whether they win or lose. Like yeah, that that's kind of the that's kind of the joke. Um, but uh, anyway, good fun, good fun. I love it. It's 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 awesome to go back and forth. Even if we disagree, there's so many people who are so respectful. I, I wish I had names pulled up, but um, I, I love having those, 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 you know, conversations where we can go back and forth and, and, you know, ultimately we might disagree, but that that's fine. That's cool. I, I love hearing other opinions and, and, uh, and, and hearing your insight because it uh, helps me. It helps me uh, see the game in, in a different way. So uh, Jordan, great job again, of course, this week. I know you'll have a whole great week of, of coverage. Uh, interested to see what happens with Vaughn Miller, uh, whether or not he is in the game. Of course, there's an extra day of, of preparation as he tries to get himself back to 100%. So uh, that certainly can't hurt going into that uh, game against the 49ers on Monday night. Of course, it'll be an interesting game. Rams 49ers, always a good uh, good series. Uh, 49ers... The hat versus the hair. That's right. Uh, So I'm excited to see what you've got coming this week, Jordan, on the Athletic App website. Like you said, thank you to all of our subscribers. And of course, of course, if you've been on the fence, if you've gone through the first nine games of the season and said, you know what, I'm just not sure. Now's the time. Second half of the season, gearing up for the playoffs. There's no better way to cover the Rams than alongside Jordan Rodrigue. So Jordan, if they're not already on board, and they go to theathletic.com slash 11 personnel. A great can... discount. Oh, wait. See, I rushed you wait, twice. I didn't get to do my, <laughs> I didn't get to do my setup. 
I took the under route twice. People Rich. aren't going to know that it's one of your favorite things. My favorite entire... thing in the world. A great discount. I like how, I like how we switched it up this week, Jordan. Yeah, well, we're we're going to hear about it. I know we are. I'm looking <laughs> at you. Uh, again, I hope I don't mispronounce your name, but Timmy... On Twitter, I'm looking at you because I know you. I know you hear that pause, that very, yes. very long pause between the rich and the how you doing. So I'm, I'm looking right. forward to hearing your, your reaction there. Um, you guys, you can subscribe to the Athletic through the Eleven Personnel Podcast, and in doing so, receive my favorite thing in the world, which is a great discount. A great discount every single time you subscribe to the Athletic through the Eleven Personnel Podcast. Don't forget to rate, subscribe. This is like the longest closing we may have ever recorded but whatever screw it it's uh we're we're limping toward the bye week and we are thrilled about it we'll catch you guys next week